Our gospel for this morning comes from uh, the gospel of John chapter 10, where Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. Jesus said, very truly, I tell tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find good pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Please be seated. Alleluia, Christ is risen. This is risen indeed. Alleluia. What do we do now? What do we do now? That is really the key question of this Easter season. And it's been present in all of the encounters that we've heard with the risen Jesus. With the women at the tomb, the disciples huddled together in fear, and the disciples walking down the road to Emmaus. It's the same question that comes up time and again in the scriptures, the same question that Noah faced when the ark finally came to rest on land after the flood, and for the Israelites after they crossed the Red Sea and danced and celebrated with their tambourines. It's the same question we hear in our reading from Acts, which comes some 50 days after Easter, after the risen Christ ascends into heaven, as more and more people are coming to believe. What? do we do now? This is our question, too, at one time or another in life, as individuals, as families, and as it says in Acts, as the church. So many of the conversations that I have with people revolve around this question. It arises when there's a problem with a child's health, as relationships begin or end, where there are issues at work, retirement or suffering a loss where something didn't work out as expected or maybe worked out better than expected and more. And we've all had more than our fair share of that question in recent years as we have asked ourselves, what do we do now after a global pandemic? We have seen how people are reevaluating what is important to them, realigning how they spend their time, the work that they choose to do, and how they want to live out their values and their faith. And churches in response have been asking themselves, what do we do now to respond to those changes, to meet those needs, to be faithful to their mission in this new time as they expand their welcome and try new things and tend to important transitions? What do we do now? The churchy word for this is discernment a prayerful sifting and sorting through what is happening in our hearts and in our lives and noticing how God is at work, listening for how God may be calling us, clarifying our own hopes and dreams, 
while recognizing our resistances and fears. I'm a huge believer in making space for discernment. It's actually the reason that I'm here at UDLC. Back in Boston, at, while at my last church, a good friend suggested to me that I consider a different ministry opportunity, and it felt like something I had to seriously consider and figure out whether God was calling me to it. And so I prayed a lot, and I met with a spiritual director who is someone who helps you to discern how God is at work and listen for what God might be saying. And I talked with some wise friends. And it became clear that God wasn't calling me to that opportunity. But one of those friends that I spoke to just happened to be friends with Pastor Diane. And she connected us because UDLC was going to be looking for a pastor. And it turned out that this is exactly where God was calling me. So in taking the time to discern about one thing, a door opened up to something else. And because I had taken the time and done the work, I was ready. Now, even with that, I have plenty of moments where I just want God to give me the answer and give me a plan. I want God to connect all the dots and just tell me what to do, and I will do it. But it doesn't work like that, although I wish it did. However, I take comfort from what Father Richard Rohr writes about these in-between spaces when he says, all transformation takes place here. We have to allow ourselves to be drawn out of business as usual and remain patiently on the threshold where we are betwixt and between the familiar and the completely unknown. There alone is our old world left behind while we are not yet sure of the next existence. That's a good space where genuine newness can begin. Get there often and stay there as long as you can by whatever means possible. It's the realm where God can best get at us because our false certitudes are finally out of the way. This is a sacred space where the old world is able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, we start idealizing normalcy. The threshold is God's waiting room. Here we are taught openness and patience as we come to expect an appointment with the divine doctor. And as another author observed, during liminal seasons or times of discernment, we stand on both sides of a threshold. We have one foot rooted in something that is not yet over, whereas the other foot is planted in a thing not yet defined, something not ready to begin. Such times can test your faith and your patience, but in the end, I believe, they can ultimately expand and strengthen our faith and trust in God. What do we do when we find ourselves in such times? I think there's so much wisdom for us today in our readings from Acts about what to do when you're not exactly sure what to do. It says that when the early Christians found themselves asking that question, what do, they do, what do we do now? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and prayers. They were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and good and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. 
They gathered around the world, word. They prayed, they broke bread, they ate together at the table and shared in the Lord's Supper. They shared what they had and they helped those in need. This is what you do when you aren't sure what to do. Listen to the word. You might read a bunch of scripture or you might just meditate on one single verse for a long time or it could be something that one person says to you that unlocked your question like a key. Surround yourself with the support and wisdom of a community around table for meals and communion where you are nourished in a myriad of ways. Pray in whatever way that you pray and give of yourself helping others, keeping your own discernment in perspective. When we don't know what comes next, we always come back to these foundations of our faith and discover the strength that they hold for us and the possibilities that they reveal to us. And this can go for individuals, and it can be for churches, as it was in Acts. And perhaps it should come as no surprise that much of the goodness we've been experiencing here lately flows from a renewal of these elements. We have more kids leading in worship, which is amazing. We have more adults leading in worship, folks we commissioned last Sunday. We have a revitalized prayer ministry. Our Lenten potlucks were wonderful, and we've had new experiences in Holy Week with dinner church on Monday, Thursday, and dramatic adoration of the cross on Good Friday. We had our front porch luncheon for newcomers last week where we shared our stories around the table and in small groups, which will lead to welcoming new members in a baptism festival on May 21st, something totally new for us. As we are rooted in the marks of faith, we are able to try new things, like the Choral Scholars concert this afternoon, like the advocacy event next Sunday, Children's Church, and more. These, among many other things that it would take far too long to name, have enriched our community and renewed our hearts. As with individual discernment practices, they remind us, as St. Ignatius once said, what matters most to the soul is the full realization that we come from God, we belong to God, we are destined for God. We come from God, we belong to God, and we are destined for God. It is God who leads us and guides us in such times of discernment, like a good shepherd supplying all our needs, guiding us and nourishing us, protecting us, even when it feels like we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And it is God, the good shepherd, who finds us and brings us home when we feel lost. It is in our faithful discernment and returning to the foundations of our faith that we are able to slow down enough to listen and to recognize the shepherd's voice and follow. Amen.